Welcome to the Topic of Choice podcast. This podcast is focused on the fun, whether it be technology, movie reviews, pop culture, or anything else that catches our fancy. Each week, the host, Joey Police, discusses the topic of choice with different guests. They'll dive deep into their personal and professional views and takes on the subject of the podcast, and sometimes the state of the world. However, the host and the guests won't take any topic too seriously. What a great change to today's world of podcast. So if you're looking to have a little variety in your weekly listening routine, then hit the subscribe button and rate us. And now here is Joey Police. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Topic of Choice podcast. My name is Joey Police. I can't tell you how thrilled I am to have tonight's show because we are talking about pop culture, more music, movies, and we've got a great uh, panel of guests here tonight. So with me tonight is Hunter. Hello, Hunter. What's up, Joey? And Garrett. Greetings. And then my longtime, lifelong friend, Lisa, it's Westveen, right? Is that, did I pronounce Wensveen. it correct? Yes. Westveen. Yes. So <laughs> let me tell you a little bit about Lisa, and, and I'm going to get on the personal side here in just a second, but just from a professional standpoint, um, Lisa has, com- uh, she completed her dental hygiene degree in 97. Uh, she moved from Ohio uh, to the Florida Keys. She lived there for about 17 years. She's continuously worked to expand her professional skills, raising her daughter, Madison, who is how old now? 25. That is incredible. Well done. (laughs) Well done. Lisa holds certificates in health and nutrition coaching, local anesthesia for dentistry. She is Lean Six Sigma Yellow Belt. She's also an associate project manager. Most recently, a huge round of applause. She completed her master's of science in health informatics and analytics And she's working to expand into the broader field of improving health outcomes through data-driven solutions and process improvements. You're going to have to tell us a little bit about what that is because I know it's kind of technical. (laughs) Uh, She currently resides in Fort Lauderdale, Florida with her husband, John, and her French bulldog, Fiona. I don't think it's a French bulldog, though. I really think it's more on the mouse or rat side. We just met the dog. It was definitely a French bulldog. Thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that, Garrett. (laughs) She's got a lot of free time and acti- not a lot of free time, but in her free time, she enjoys a lot of activities, boating, hiking, cycling, yoga, reading, knitting, which I saw your post today. It looks like you're, mm-hmm. you knit, you, <laughs> busy, you did busy. a great little piece. Uh, <laughs> and additionally, she was blessed to have a father who instilled in her a love of college football, science fiction, and fantasy, both books and cinema. So Lisa, welcome to the Thank podcast you. Thank tonight. you for having me. Absolutely. Now, on a personal note, Lisa and I grew up together. We, I was just telling Hunter and uh, Garrett that we, I think, was, I'm going to guess third, fourth grade, uh, neighbors, school, elementary school, and then we kind of went different ways in high school, but we always kept in touch. And it's been, mm-hmm. it's just been a great journey to see how your life has, has progressed and all the great success that you've had. So again, thanks for being here. And you as well. I can, I can reciprocate that back at you, Joey. So <laughs> Lisa is definitely, um, Garrett, a fangirl. By all, as uh, we all are, I think that's the well, one thread we have in common. Right, which is she was perfect, I thought, for tonight's uh, topic. So excellent. Um, tonight, as fangirls often are. 
Right. Joe and I commiserate often when, whenever you know a big movie comes out or a book. Oh, you know, yes. we 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 always are yeah, back and forth to each other because our, our yeah. spouses aren't quite on the same level. That's how you. That's fandom. how you know you're a true nerd when you're on yeah. like the the call like the 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 chain of calls. People yes. Are, you, have you seen the new Marvel movie? What did you think? Well, and that's what well, it is. It's a text it's totally. going going to see Captain Marvel, going to see Shazam, and then usually it's a text back from one of the other like lots of thumbs ups or meh, yeah. you know. yeah. <laughs> but it I wish starts so. with the trailer. Did you see the trailer? It's yeah. coming. And exactly. then do you have your tickets? Because I have mine reserved for this night. I don't want to say anything until I know you've seen it. It usually goes like that. That yeah. was yes. my biggest issue with Joey was that when I was in college, like in-game and Infinity War came out. And so I would go like 8 p.m. The, like the night before the scheduled release and Joey never would. And I was like, Joey, you are <laughs> killing me, dude. Like yeah. I have to be quiet for three days with you. Gosh. There was a day I did. There was a day that I would I would get there, you know, at the midnight showing. In mm -hmm. fact, uh, uh, one of the stories I tell people when Sarah and I were dating, um, uh, Attack of the Clones had just come out. And so I got tickets to the opening night. And, and I remember that it was a midnight showing. And I and I called her and I said, uh, I'll pick you up about five or six. And she was like, are we going to eat? And I'm like, no, we're going to go to the theater. She's like, well, what time does the movie start? The movie starts at midnight. Why are we getting this early? I'm like, we have to get a seat. Back when, th back when that was a thing. Yes. There was a limited amount of time where that yeah. was a thing. Yes. The fact that she yeah. remained with you is how you knew that she well, was there. The fact that, that I didn't, so we got there and in the line, all of the cosplay, right? You had the, the biker scouts, you had the stormtroopers, the slave lays, you had all these characters. And I thought she's either A, gonna dump me after this or B, we're gonna hang out and, and uh, <laughs> You know, it worked and out. And here you are. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see. So tonight, um, I'm, I'm, I've been wanting to do this. This was a, an episode I wanted to do pre-COVID. Um, so I'm really excited to do this tonight. So for those of you listening, what we're going to talk about tonight are the movie, is the movie music and the soundtracks that are vitally important to not just us, but the fans in general for any film when you watch it how does it make you feel why is it so important um we're going to talk about what is the difference between a score a movie soundtrack and a movie um what garrett help me out here it's the movie a, soundtrack a score and a soundtrack a score and a soundtrack right the differences yeah. i'm gonna let garrett talk about that in just a second but what i thought is that we would go around and, and each of uh each everyone here tonight gave me their list of their movies and i've got them queued up so uh, bear with us as we as we go through uh, each one, and there might be some miss-ups with, with volume and such, but I think you guys are going to enjoy this. So, Garrett, give us a little bit of sure. you know, the differences between the soundtrack and the score. So, yeah, that's exactly – it's important when you're having any discussion, uh, when you're, when you're, when you're fangirling, fangying over something, to know what we're talking about when we do that first. So there's a difference between a soundtrack and a film or TV score. Almost every movie has a score – and that's a score is music that is largely orchestral or instrumental, and it plays during and in between the scenes. Scores are used to build tension. They're used to set up scenes, particular scenes, to, to convey a, t a film's tone and emotion uh, and other various functions, uh, depending on what the project is or what you're trying to do. Uh, examples include Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Jaws, Psycho. Basically, every movie you've ever seen has some background score. Uh, a soundtrack is a little bit different. It's a compilation of songs, some original and some created just for that film generally, although that doesn't have to be the case. 
uh, they can act in a similar way to a score, and, and sometimes they actually overlap um, when, it, when a score is released as a soundtrack, for example. Um, but, but it may be just simply a merchandising or promotional material for that movie. Uh, examples of great soundtracks should include Guardians of the Galaxy's awesome mix, like how it interacted with the creator and the owner of the mixtape and kind of set the tone for the charm of that film. And it made Guardians a unique experience for the viewers in terms of how it used a soundtrack. Uh, Tron Legacy wasn't my favorite movie, but Daft Punk created a, a soundtrack that was funky and electro dance. It was it's, incredible. It, it was an homage to 80s sound, uh, yeah. only written in, in modern times. And great soundtracks can, can become almost as memorable and recognizable as the films themselves, like Armageddon, Armageddon featuring Aerosmith's I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, or Titanic featuring Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. So that's just kind of an opening, just what yeah. we're looking at here in def defining terms. So what I thought we would do is we're going to start with Lisa as, um, as she has given me her list. And then we talked briefly. Lisa provided me the names of the films that she has put in and rating them from highest to lowest one through. She's got 12 here, which is then the list. You guys, it's well done, Lisa. Just <laughs> well, I knew you would not disappoint. I knew I a lot of energy and thought into this and I, I'll did. explain my logic to you once, the, once he's done talking, but the, yes. The, and, I, I'm, yeah, and I'll stop talking here, but, um, uh, so, so let's start with, don't tell me your, don't tell me what your first one is. Cause I'm going to play it here in a moment. But okay. You did list whole albums. Yeah. Talk about that first. Well, so when, when you first asked me about this, you know, I immediately have a list running in my head, favorite 80s movies. And then when you said, well, now we're going to talk about the, this, the music with it. So then I had to kind of go back and that really changed the list because the music is, you know, if you're talking about best music from movies from the 80s, that changes everything, right? Yeah, yeah. So then as I started looking at it, I'm like, oh God, you know, but this, this, this movie had like five songs that were amazing that if you hear them, you go, oh yeah, that's from that movie. That's from that movie. And so I put them in an order where it was more the soundtrack. If, if a movie had more than one song that is like iconic, that when you hear it, you remember that movie, I put it in a higher order. So I didn't necessarily pick one song. I picked them. And so I, if I was to only pick one song, I may have ordered it a little bit differently, but I put the ones at the top that had multiple songs that you identify that movie with. It's so exactly how you categorize these things because I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> you can debate this until the cows come home. Am as I far living as, up to we, my fangirl um, um, oh, reputation? Absolutely. Best soundtrack. We talking about the album or individual song because we've got different answers. I got a lot. I got a lot. <laughs> so that All was right. not clarified ahead of time. So that was my logic behind it. I took it upon myself Touché. to organize them myself. Okay. Fair so take right, well, that without, in mind. Without further ado, here is Lisa's number one. You start with number one, Joey? Okay. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you know what it is? Garrett, I see you not. I, I know this, but I, I don't. I, it's one of those where you, I recognize, Hunter? but I don't. Or at least I think we've got to make this one. I shouldn't have started with her number one, but that's all right. I'll go backwards. This is Top Gun. Uh, of course. 1986, I believe. Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis, which, by the way, they have got the second one coming out. And I've seen Top Gun recently. Okay. I should have known that. 
Yeah, it's just, yeah you I, I knew it sounded it's, familiar, but I just couldn't place it. Let, let me ask you this. If he had played uh, Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone. If, if yes. I had heard then a sand volleyball scene, I would have I would have jumped on a it. Sand volleyball scene. <laughs> <laughs> or or um, there were there were three or four. Um, uh, how about if he had played um, there you go. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> It's um, when you've got the music, whether it's the score or the soundtrack, it's hard to differentiate which is better, I think, a lot of times. Yeah. What about if he had played You've Lost That Love and Feeling? Mm. (laughs) So, go ahead. Go ahead, Garrett. No, 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 no. By all means, Lisa, this is her pick. I'm interested to know why you pick it. Well, of the ones I looked at that had soundtracks, I felt like this one was the top. So, without knowing my other you know a couple of picks you you may not um so you, agree with me but i w- went for for the soundtrack the most songs uh and so when you look at the other ones that had a lo- number of uh, songs i felt like this was the highest of them i remember watching this in the theater yeah. and this song this scene we all know the scene i right. was so uncomfortable <laughs> i was in sixth grade I was going to say, I'm fairly certain this is another piece of our childhood that I have to clarify also about my list. It's highly PG-13, or PG, maybe PG-13. This was probably a PG-13, because I was censored greatly as a child. Oh, like we, as was I. There were no R-rated movies on my list because I was not allowed to see them. So yeah. I'm sure I probably did not watch this when it came out. It was probably later. Or I watched it when it was on a video, and I was had to leave the room for that scene, I'm sure. I think well, I saw it when I was 17, so that was like many years after it came out. Um, yeah. 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 I saw it when I was 25, so. That's true. He just, we just forced him to watch it. Oh, Lisa, to give you, to give you a quick uh, background on Hunter, Hunter Garrett and I are on the Cameron Mills radio show on Sunday nights, and there's a segment. Hunter, give us a title. So it's called Mr. Mitchell's Millennial Movie Marathon, and we started it. Gosh, it's been like two years now. Yeah, it's Over been two, two years. years. Straight we started it with comedies because they realized that I had not seen like any of the classic 80s and 90s comedies or action movies. So we started with comedies. So I had to watch like Blues Brothers and uh, Spaceballs and like Fletch, Haitian, Fletch yeah. all that kind of stuff. We're on to action movies now, but we paused and we're on the summer of Bond right now. So I'm watching all of the old James Bond films. <clears throat> and um, he hadn't yeah. seen any of this. Nothing, like, none none of he had it. never seen not Star Wars. One. I had so only seen like 30 nine, minutes of Star Wars, yeah. He watched oh nine goodness. Star Wars movies in how many days? Nine weeks. But he's seen a ton of movies. He's seen yeah. like anything from like 2005 yeah. to present. But, but um, none of the iconic ones, Goonies, Big, yeah. um, uh, Better Off Dead, all of the ones that made it. You still you know, haven't that, seen Big, Stand right? By Me? No. Stand by, have you seen Stand By Me yet? Mm-mm. Okay. All right. I know. Well, we've, got, I know. we've got things to get to. We definitely do. I can't well, tell you how many times uh, I did that. I'm like, what? I'm telling you, I'm going to be doing this until I'm like 37. I'm convinced yeah. they're never going to let I, me stop. So. I, I have to it's say, I raised show. my daughter right. She loves 80s pop culture. She. It's funny she thing is, is now I do too. Like, I yes. love yeah. 80s. It was 80s the greatest pop. time in America. Greatest it decade, was the greatest. Greatest movies, gr- greatest decade ever. Greatest my my daughter ever. saw all of those yeah. when she was young. I was like, oh my God, you have to watch this one. You have to watch it. And she loved them. She loved all of them. We, it wasn't like, oh my, the only movie I made her watch, which was not 80s, she, that she hated me for, it was Gone with the Wind. And I said, but it's, you know, it's just one of those you have cinema, to see because it's, it's, it's a classic. Part of cinema history. That's right. Yeah. All right, Hunter, 
We're up to you. So are we going with my number one or are we going to no, go with my number? I'm not two? going to make that mistake. <laughs> so now I, now I feel like we're, we're shortchanging Lisa here. She just had to no, go with her but number list one. Is so long, I have, have, I to have just 12 randomly of pick. hers. Yeah, I can, I can okay, pick another enough. one. Okay, yeah. so if we're going with my number three, then we're going to pick an older movie and that's Christmas Vacation. Um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, there so it is. So this movie... I'm just going to let this play for a minute. I love this. We watch this every Christmas. It just loops. Christmas time is here. Everybody knows there's not a better For those time of you listening, here. you hear this music and it You get a gleeful smile yes. inside. Is Rusty still in the Navy? <laughs> Play ball. Play ball. <laughs> But so every single year for, gosh, since I was probably six or seven, which is probably not appropriate looking back at the movie and, and watching it as a six or seven year old. But anyway, me and my family have watched this movie together every single week. We make a big old pot of chili and all 10 of us get together and we watch this movie and we scream the soundtrack at the top of our lungs in my grandparents' basement. And it's my favorite Christmas tradition that we do. And this soundtrack is probably my favorite soundtrack of any movie of all time. Um, it's Melikaliki Maka, this song, um, Clark singing in the car, like all of the songs are just so funny and, and well done. I love them. Hunter, I posted a picture on my Instagram and you were the first one to comment. Sarah and I had matching shirts that said, why is the carpet all wet, Todd? And then my I shirt don't said, no, Mark, no, Margo. And I thought, how much if anyone's going to get this? But yes, oh my goodness. It's wonderful. Great movie and a phenomenal soundtrack. <laughs> all right, Garrett, I'm going to move to your list. Hang on. I'm going to let you introduce it here in just a second. <clears throat> I'm going to start with your... Let's start with Joey, your number. just a heads up. I think you'll need to bring the music down a little faster than this in terms of DMR. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, yeah. It's just nice to have some background music too. No, I get you. I just but don't want you to get pulled. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Stand by, Garrett. I'm going to get yours queued up here. <laughs> All right. What I love about Garrett, Garrett gave me his list and said, here's the time index of the song. So not only did he give me the song, he gave me the time index. All producer. Right. That's producer work right there. It is. That is well done. All right, so we're going with your number four, Garrett. Mm. And I'm bumping it up. Here. You want to introduce it? It is uh, Kill Bill. Um, yeah, this is uh, this song is by Jorge Zamfir. Um, this is the it, this is the closing of Kill Bill Volume One, where you don't know exactly what's going to happen. But uh, Tarantino always has uniquely diverse and quirky soundtracks to intensify the mood of his film, and Kill Bill is no exception. Uh, the score was written by Ennio Morricone, and the soundtrack focuses on, it's kind of a country spaghetti western meets, ja meets Japanese culture, I guess. Yes. Uh, there's instrumental tracks from Japanese guitarist uh, Tomoyasu Hotai, and uh, the Japanese group, the go-go group, the five, six, sevens, and eights, uh, performs several songs in the movie and on the soundtrack. Uh, also, RZA from Wu-Tang Clan had an involvement in this, uh, and he does the Ode to Oren Ishii, 
Um, and then, as you just heard, George Jorge Zamfir's uh, The Lonely Shepherd closes the movie out. It's just a wonderfully eclectic collection of spaghetti western country music, and the movie is just excellent. It's like what I wish that um, Quentin Tarantino would form like a comic book. Like, you know, like you got DC, you got Marvel. I wish that there was Quentin Tarantino because Kill Bill is almost like a dark novel. It's just so, it's so good. It's a comic book movie. You know, one of the, you and I have gone back and forth on this with uh, Quentin Tarantino and, and he's, he's not one that I, is always one of my go-tos and, I, and he's mm -hmm. made some great films, but um, some of he's the He's a lightning rod. Some people love, some people yeah. don't. And I totally get that. Right, right. Um, he had, and you and I, I think, can agree on this, the Inglorious uh, Bastards movie. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know if that was, um, if the score for that was written. My Quentin's going, always got a personal involvement in it, but he typically kind of like does works he with this, somebody else on if they're going to create anything on it. I know RZA uh, works with him on a lot of stuff now. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if he worked on it with the Inglorious Bastards. Django Unchained won a lot of, won a lot of awards and uh and he I, I forget who did the score on Django. i need to look that up i've never seen kill bill um oh but man I, I know. really no nope. oh man lisa you I, i've seen i'm not a big fan it's not my favorite yeah. but uh and in tarantino i'm one that's like on the fence sometimes i like sometimes i don't you know i don't i don't again i, I see a tarantino movie coming out and i'm like yeah i'll wait you know because right. i'm not like oh yes you know i'm not a big fan but there are some that i i like i liked inglorious bastards i liked um I all liked fictions also made my top 10 i that's i think that's a really really great soundtrack um but i think kill bill overall is like it captures a mood and that's yeah. what i think i like about the soundtracks in general is if you if if you put me in a certain mood for the the kind of experience you want me to have that's what I think a soundtrack is supposed to do in some ways. And it right. does a really good job of putting me in like a, uh, that it is a perfect cross between a spaghetti Western and, and Japanese yeah. like instrumental music. Mm -hmm. It's just, that's the mood. It's like a samurai, uh, yeah. a samurai showdown. Yep. I think that's a perfect description that like you say that. And I'm like, yes, that is exactly what I'm hearing in that music. I, mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan, but you just played it. And when you describe that, I'm like, yes, that is exactly yeah. the right yeah. words to describe it. And it's interesting. I can appreciate it for its uniqueness, you know, in that way. Right. But being not a fan of the movie, I, I don't have that emotional attachment mm -hmm. to what that that sound and that music and um, the movie bring when you when you are attached to, you know, that that goes the difference, which I'm sure we'll get into. I mean, I can hear that you are, that you love it. And for me, that's, it, it wasn't mine. <laughs> I definitely get the non-Quentin versus Quentin fans. And it's like, yeah. if you don't, if you don't like Quentin Tarantino, you soundtracks don't do much for you because it's hard to make yeah. it through it. I yeah. I mean, if you, you hear Hunter like talking about, you hear Hunter talking about his memories with that Christmas movie. I mean, he hears that song and he's back on Christmas with his family. He's having the chili. I mean, it's all there, you know? And so I get that's for you. I'm not, Joey and I aren't feeling it because, you know, yeah. it's not our thing. But, it's all good. But the music, great pick because the uniqueness of it is 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 um, pretty amazing. Well, thank you. All right, here's mine, number four. I think uh, you guys will know what this one is. <laughs> Goonies. Jack, it's a city right. lopper. The Goonies are good enough. 
I don't recognize the beginning of it. That was my number four, too. Oh, yeah, yes, I know you had that. Now, there's also we could have heard Cindy Lauper start singing. All I see there is Josh Brolin pedaling as hard as he can. Totally. <laughs> Hunter, have you seen it yet? Yes, I have. Remember, you I watched like The Goonies. It. No, I did like The Goonies. So, so <laughs> this movie for me... Um, he does not have the same attachment that every no. 80s and 90s no. kid. I was just going to say this that is... oh, I did like the movie is not our reaction at all. We're no. all like, I love the Goonies. Is, Goonies is like, um, is, is the next generation's Lion King is the new generation's Finding Nemo. Well, it's right. very similar to Stranger Things in that it's very much yes. like a group of children trying to figure out some kind of mystery. Oh, I definitely so that's think kind of my attachment. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my attachment to the to Here's here, So for me, this movie where, where you have your core group of friends again and this is why stranger things is so impactful to me because it's a core yeah. group of friends during this time this, and, is, this is sean astin's impactful speech right he's like, we, we're goonies <laughs> the next time next time you look up at the sky it'll be in some other anyway some other town in, some other town um very similar to another part he played more recently i feel like didn't he give a speech he, similarly oh yeah that was something just like that hunter did you put that together Emotion behind no. it. john astin the main character from goonies is in season two of stranger things oh yes He's that's Bob. right no i remember that yes yeah. you but the nice thing, or what I loved That's about the Goonies... That's a great connection, Lisa. Nice job. I, I, didn't, I didn't think about it at all. <laughs> what I loved about the Goonies is uh, you had all the eclectic people. You had the, the big bully brother who ends up coming through for the, for the siblings. You have the girl who the little kid has the crush on who goes for the bigger brother type scenario. You've got the, the nerd. You've got the chunky kid. You've got all of these things. And at that time, that just resonated with me when I was, when I was that age. And... Uh, uh, forever, the the Goonies, I think, has has just left a lasting impact. Now, so, Joey, yeah. I have a question. You might not know the answer to this. Do you okay. know, was the Goonies created and released before Stephen King wrote it? What? Don't know. So it is very. It oh, is very, I thought you meant it. Like he wrote. No, the sorry. Like, the book. The it. Sorry. The book. It. <laughs> um, I would have to look that up. I'm just curious if Stephen King kind of took that core group of friends coming together to you know i mean i think it was just that that book was written in 1986 and so uh, and the good news came out in right? 85 okay but yeah but the I, th I think that was just a common like in the 80s that's what we did it was cul-de-sac yeah. kids it was kids yes. that got on yeah. their bicycles the bikes, and you just and go. joined up at the corner and that that's just how you were raised like that continued until what like i feel like 98 2000 is when we started having this you know, yeah, uh, I did it a, be careful a child predator kind of thing. And I did it a little bit changed. as a kid, but not a whole lot. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I was going to say the same thing. You know, there's this, it, it's, it's all of those things you said, Joey, about, you know, this kind of, you know, all these scenarios, you know, the, the chunky kid, the jock big brother that was kind of a jerk. And yet at the end, they all come together for one another. And I feel like it resonated with everyone. Like you yeah. said there, that was your yeah. life and it resonated with you. It resonated with everyone somewhere in there somebody resonated with someone, you know, somehow or some yes. situation. And, and the big piece of it was at the end, they all came together. They all had a commonality. So even though they were all different, they had this commonality. And, and like you said, Garrett, that was our childhood. I mean, Joey, how many times were we and, you know, out running around in the neighborhood out in the woods, I remember yeah. sliding on ice and God knows what kind of trouble we got into, you know, and it yeah. might as well have been a day in the life. Exactly. Yes. Of us as kids. That's exactly Absolutely. how it felt. 
and come for home sure. when it's dark. I don't want to see you until then is for what sure. the parents would oh, say. Oh, for sure. Was, yeah. You know, you mentioned the good, uh, Cindy Lopper's there. Uh, well, the Goonies are good enough written yeah. for the film, but there's also the, uh, I just, I just read this, that the score was unavailable. Uh, Dave Grusin's score for this movie was unavailable for 25 years. They didn't release it for 25 years. They released it in two, March of 2010. Wow. Really? I did yeah, not know that. it was not available for commercial sale. I and I associate so Cindy Lauper's song with with this movie. Like I hear it, everyone and I'm like, does. Oh, yeah, yeah. And instantly. You know, you're you're thinking of the Goonies. You know, yep. in in the yep. rain, running through, you know, on the bicycle, mm -hmm. totally. Sloth. And what was his name? What was his name Chunk? that held his hand on there? Chet. What was uh, uh what was her what? boyfriend's name? That oh, oh. The, the, was it the, Chet? Oh yeah, yeah, something like that. Ran. No, no, Brian was his name. I can't. I can't. Brian was. Brian was. Uh, was uh, yeah. What's uh, Josh Brolin? Josh Brolin. Yeah. He said what Troy. Was it was Troy. Troy. Goes, this Troy. is all over the second Troy. we had up Troy's bucket. <laughs> <laughs> what about like, I no uh, pinchers of power? You know the the yes. all the little gadgets. You know, going in the rain down the <laughs> zip line and knocking the over the trash cans and the I mean, booty traps. So so many good so many good scenes. And Hunter's like yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we are. We're up to Hunter now. Hunter, we're up to you. You're so next was that one. was that Lisa's too then? Well, that was my number four also. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's so awesome. ironically. Mm -hmm. So I started with number three because I have two honorable mentions, which will be kind of my four and five. So we'll do those later. All right. um, but my two is the Transformers score, and I think this is a good time to talk about what we were talking about, Joey. So when I have wa I've watched most of the movies that I have watched, obviously came in 2010 to 2020. And what I've noticed is a lot of my favorite movies and the movies that I remember don't have soundtracks. They have right. score. But all of these kind of iconic movies from the 80s and 90s that I do like rely more on soundtracks. And I don't really know why that is because when, you know, when Joey said we're gonna do soundtracks, I was like, I literally cannot think of a single movie aside from Christmas Vacation that relies on a soundtrack to get through a movie. You know, you that hear that I horn, love. and you immediately yeah. know what this is. I immediately know that's from Transformers. The whole now, I will say, like, Lincoln Park, obviously, is very much associated and affiliated with Transformers. So when I hear, like, What I've Done by Lincoln Park, I, mm -hmm. I know that's Transformers. But really, other than that, it's mostly a score. And even this has a very scorey element to it. They, yeah. yeah. It, they definitely blend together. I think yes. I think Chester Bennington was definitely involved in the in the scoring of the movie or by, or in, in the creation of his song, you know. But have you guys noticed that? Have you guys noticed kind of a transition yes. from a soundtrack to a score now? Oh, um so I th I think some of your major epic movies will always have scores. And I I, yes, I, I think that, I agree. But movies like um dare I say, like some Jason Statham movies or the action, I think, or, or the, the, uh, the ones that aren't going to be, I'm just going to say it's epic. I don't think have scores like you're saying, Hunter. But I think they still always, have background music, but I wouldn't even call them scores. Music. It's almost yeah. like 15, 30-second snippets of, of right. action sounds. But, yeah. but not you know? like your Saving Private Ryan's or your, yeah. your Star oh Wars where, where, and we've yeah. talked about the, the Star Wars trailer ad nauseum, ad infinitum, just of how that new trailer music just gives you goosebumps the first time you hear it. But back to your yeah. point, Hunter, scores versus soundtracks, this score, um, and this was by Steve Jablonski. Yep. Um, unbelievable, this yeah. entire movie. 
and this was from the first one. I, I picked Transformers 1 for the score because I remember that one, I think, the most. Yes. Um, there were some other really good scores from those other movies, but even like Optimus's speech at the end of every movie, they always go back to that first theme that Joey played and just how great that horn was, like Garrett said. It's just so iconic, and you remember what that's from. It kind of makes me think of uh, a movie that's later on my list is Jurassic Park. Uh, John Williams, when he was writing that, he was trying to do awe and inspiring was yeah. the idea because that's you're dealing with dinosaurs. List. You want something that's big, a sound that's big. I think that's kind of what he captured really well is that sound from those horns. You just like, it's, it's, it, you just, it's big. Everything you're talking about is, is bigger than life. That's one where you hear it <laughs> yeah. and it takes you back to seeing, you know, welcome to Jurassic Park. You know, yeah. these, and that was the first time Spielberg had done anything like that. Um, and again, I think a lot of this is, is look at the composer. This is John Williams. Yeah, he's on my list. I, you know, I, I felt like on my list, and instead of putting the, the songs or the movie, I put the composer, you know, because yes. he's, there's all the great ones. And yet, and you, you can almost hear his mark on them. But they're they're distinctly different. But you yes. you know that oh this this has to be a John you, you you say to yourself this has to be a John Williams and then you go of course yes it is because he just has that you're so right as soon as big, you hear it yeah it the is. big I mean you think of Star Wars Indiana Jones E T you know all of the John Williams and you they're big sound big emotional they grab you and grab you. you you instantly are back to that movie. I mean, think of Indiana Jones. Dun, 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 dun. And I'm uh, sorry, I'm kind of jumping off onto another You're taking topic all the of the list. list. <laughs> 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 but I put them all on one I know, number okay. because I couldn't fit them all. My list was too long. But it's it was so really true. John Williams. You know, it it's, is. It's, about, it's just John yes. Williams sound. And it's, exactly. it's, it is bigger than, it, well, it is, it's a very big sound. I can tell yeah. you all of our lists, I think except Hunter, have, have John Williams on there a couple times. But I want to jump back to Lisa real quick because I didn't want to skip you. Even though you had Goonies on there, you put one on here, which, which again, back to the 80s. And it's a huge impact. Here it comes. <laughs> now, Hunter, you probably heard this song by Super Lines. You know the movie that put it on the map. And you the I do, map. and I cannot. Yes, it's um, the Breakfast Club. Yes, yes, yes. well done. Whoa, it gets geez. the gold star. <laughs> that was this, on my list. I had to watch the Breakfast Club. Yeah. This is another one of the movies where everybody can relate to one of the characters. Um, I remember yes. in, in undergrad, we had to watch this movie in one of my communication classes, and we had to do, each do a. You got to pick one character, and you had to write a paper about why and mm -hmm. uh anyway so phenomenal movie phenomenal choice Thank who you. is Thank up you. next garrett garrett all right stand by garrett oh this one i had never heard before i'm gonna let you introduce your number three garrett hang on let me let me get it ready and you gave me a time index <laughs> okay <there it> is. <laughs> all right garrett go ahead and introduce it uh, this is from the movie Garden State. Um, Go just let the shins the curse for this town. It's a great song. All in my mouth. Only I don't know how they got out here. Turn me back into the death. I was when they met. So I think that is my pick for most underrated soundtrack of all time. 
Uh, this is a Zach Braff soundtrack. So Zach Braff from from Scrubs. Um, so the music was all handpicked by him. Uh, when he was asked about the soundtrack, Braff said he basically made a mixtape of the music he felt was the soundtrack of his life while he was writing the screenplay for this movie. Uh, he won a 2005 Grammy for it, actually. Uh, many of the artists featured weren't at the time big names in the industry, but thanks to the attention he gave them in, he did he had some involvement in the uh, in the soundtracks for Scrubs. So between Scrubs, Garden State, The Last Kiss, and then a few more of his other projects, they were kind of put into the spotlight. And so some of the artists that I was introduced to that I'd never heard of, and I don't think most people had heard of, were like The Shins, Iron and Wine. I'd never Fruit, heard of them. Snow Patrol, yeah. Joshua Radden, Imogen Heap, Remy Zero, Ray LaMontagne, Amos Lee, Rufus yes. Wainwright. Yes. I mean, so, people that now everybody knows by now, like easily. Like I, who doesn't know, you know, Ray LaMontagne? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, back then, and like this is like, what, 2002? it was just not it would they were just not popular they were just not mainstream at the time they were very indie you know sounds and he made them mainstream which uh i i really appreciate because that's how i discovered them and this movie the soundtrack fits the movie it overlays it like a skeleton it's so so perfect when you sent your <clears throat> when you sent me your list and i started looking at and listening i'll be honest with you i had never heard it i've seen the movie i saw mm -hmm. it so many years ago but I added it on my playlist, and it, it's you're right. It's it's a fantastic. It's a uh, true soundtrack. soundtrack. Yeah, and I it think is. it's it's I think it's the most underrated and and best actual soundtrack since probably 2000. I think it's just excellent. Would you put it above Guardians of the Galaxy? Awesome mixtape. Well, Guardians of the Galaxy to me is almost in a different category. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's just like Marvel movies is is somehow different. Um, this is just a This is an indie film. You know, okay. about some kids. I mean, it, it, I, I don't know. They're just different in a lot of ways. Uh, but in terms of the collection of songs, I like Garden State more. The, okay. the, the bands in Garden State, I think, are better. Fair enough. Even though there's, I'm, I'm dissing some very, like, timeless songs <laughs> with Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy there. Ain't, ain't no mountain high enough. Is that in there? I don't. Anyway. <laughs> you're thinking, you're thinking of it as, as a whole. You're thinking of it as as the feeling and that yes. you get from it. They're very different. You, yes, you really they are, are so comparable. different. It's um, really hard to compare those. Very much so. All right. For my number, th number three, um, this was tough. This whole list is tough, right? How can you, how can you wrap, you know, your top three, which it would probably be different next week. But when I was making the list, I'm going to stay true to when I was making it. Um, this movie series of books and the music huge impact on me and it's been something that i've been able to pass down to my kids from the books to the movie to the music and now we can actually go visit <laughs> even yeah. i know what that is so i'm gonna let this play for a minute Guys, are those handbells? What is that sound? It's a piano, probably, obviously, with, with sound effects attached. A keyboard, thank you. Uh, but no, I, I don't know what it is. What is it supposed to be? Is I it, think it's I think supposed it's handbells. Like handbells, I think so. Or like the glasses, or organ? maybe, where they... I don't know. It does Hunter sound organy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's mithereal. It is such yeah. a, like... Uh, 
It's uh, magic. It, it is magical. <laughs> magic. It's a magical sound. For those of you who don't know what that is, that is the theme song to Harry Potter. That's the prologue. And let me tell Harry you, Potter, if the I Stone. recognize a sound, a score like that, then you know it has to be legendary. I've never even seen Harry Potter, and I know exactly what that is from. Wow. I'm sorry that you admitted that. I know. Seriously, <laughs> I knew, he says these I things every Joey day. I knew Joey was going to get mad at me. I knew Joey this was just why bow his head disgust. The Morning Movie Marathon exists. Okay, I'm just going to say once again, like I started reading the Harry Potter books to my daughter when she was six. Yes. And by the time the last book came out, she was mad because she could read them all on her own. And I read them faster than her. And she kept telling me I had to slow them down. So Hunter, I don't know what your excuse is. <laughs> Hunter, listen, these books are they are they're phenomenal there's a reason why like two billion of them have sold i think the only person that hasn't read them are you and cameron they're (laughs) honestly really good primers to get someone into reading if you know someone who doesn't like reading i i've i know lots of people who become lifelong readers because they picked up the harry potter books yeah my son and i we started reading them and and he said well can we watch a movie i said let's read the book first and i have just phenomenal memories of laying in bed with him every night we'd read a chapter and before we knew it the first one is done and then we'd watch the movie and then we'd read the second one and by the time the fifth one came he started like lisa like you're saying yeah he picked it up on his own and started reading them, and um, yeah. and the movies have just been phenomenal. So when I hear that, I think of fall, I think of winter, mm-hmm. I think of um, just a, a, just great memories. I think of, of October. I think of like going right. trick or treating and that's right, and getting out all the fall candles and playing in the leaves and playing outside. And again, I've never seen the movie. Like that's what's so crazy about that soundtrack <laughs> is that you know what it stop is. Stop saying that. Just stop saying you like. haven't seen the movies. It's so perfectly encapsulated like Hogwarts and that magical world and it makes you yes. want to live in it. Like it just it's just it's it's it is there's some soundtracks that capture the mood of the movie and that one could not be un, I mean Yes. I don't know that there's maybe one on the list that's as good as that one. Are, yeah. are, have any of you been to Universal Studios where you can go to Diagon Alley? Many heard... times. I'm a season pass holder. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's so I'm 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 this now. It's just so me a nerd card on that one. Really hardcore. Yeah. I liked it. The the new the newest ride, the Hagrid ride, is yes. really, really amazing. Like well worth it. And oh. I let me tell you how mad I was that they don't take fast passes for that one. <laughs> but Lisa, isn't it, it can, would you agree that the second you walk in to Diagon Alley and they're playing this music right here? Yes. You you are walking into that world. Yes, you're totally transported. They did a phenomenal job on all of it. And and let me ask you, just to, to go back to the music piece of it, you hear this music and, and it's like as if you always heard the music from the first time you read the book, you know, yes. because yes. Cause I started reading those books before she ever finished the series. You know, we were in the era totally where we were agree. waiting breathlessly for the next book. You know, it was like it came out and we couldn't read it fast enough, you know, and, and yet I don't remember ever not knowing that music. It feels like it was yeah. so, it's so perfectly done that it, it fits so well that it's as if I've always heard it from the first time I read the books. And the composer, you guys know who it is? I do not. John Williams. No way. No way. I didn't know that either. It is like he's channeling J.K. Rowling. It's like... Yes. It's like he's he is writing the music that matches her words. I don't know how somebody like John Williams can... can uh, and, and I've got more on my list, and we're going we're gonna to keep going here, but can nail the score so perfectly. So perfectly, like, like him. yes. Lisa, let me the pull gift. up your next one. Hang on. Mm, he's see. like tapped into the bloodstream of... of human beings like he just understands how we process music 
All right, I've got it here. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Keep talking, guys, while I'm looking for this. I don't know where it went. Another, it's going back uh, to to a real soundtrack with got many it. songs. All right, I'm gonna kick it in, and you can uh, tell us about it, okay? And we'll see if Hunter's actually seen it. <laughs> don't hold your breath. <laughs> I love that dig. That was excellent. So I think I know what it's from, but I don't want to say because I'm scared if I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, you. Is that too loud, guys? No, it's good. No, it's good. This is a classic. You have it, seen it, Hunter. We forced it, you to watch it. Okay, now I don't think I know it then. No, no, no. We, did, we haven't watched this. We watched. I did not watch this movie. I voted for this at one point when Cameron made you watch Roadhouse. Same actor. Is it, is it Dirty actor. Dancing? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I have never seen Dirty Dancing, but again, I knew this. I knew what this was what it was from. When you hear this song, this this is Dirty Dancing. Yeah. It, totally. it, but it, this it, movie it, is infinitely more popular than than Roadhouse. Can we agree with that? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Why would you not have seen this? Is way more iconic. Is this Dirty is an Dancing? 80s iconic movie. Is Dirty Dancing a comedy? No. No. Then that it's, must be why, because we were on comedies at that time. Dirty yeah. Dancing was was uh, it was a romantic drama, but it wasn't a, it had no comedic aspect to it. It was a it was a what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's like a coming of age. Right, um, coming yeah. of age, perfect. Now, just which is so classically eighties. You know, yeah. That... <laughs> what other decade had coming of age movies? Do we even but, have those anymore? No, and but ironically, it's not about the eighties. It's it's about what the fifties, sixties. Yeah, I, I think so. You know? Yes, yeah, because there um, were a lot so of. It, the setting is much later, but it is a true coming of age in a different way. And um, there, you know, and again, it's the whole soundtrack. Yes, you hear that song and it's Dirty Dancing, but God, all the music. I mean, I, yep. this is back when, going back to Hunter's point where the more modern movies are scores, you heard a soundtrack, you, and it was great. You went and bought that CD because you, or, or yep. tape, whatever the case might have been, you know, but because it was a great soundtrack and you wanted to hear those songs all the time. You didn't want to wait to hear them on the radio, which is what we had to do back then. That's right. I put this right with Footloose. Like uh, the, yes. the, oh, yes. the music and, yes. the, and the period and the, like the, I wanted like a back-to-back -back, like drive-in movie theater experience. Those two yes. movies together would just make a lot of sense. Absolutely. I'm just going to play this for a sec. And this is still a great dance song to this day. To this day. So for our generation. I mean, Kenny Loggins, which is just yes. the sound of the 80s. That's yes. another thing. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Dirty Dancing, I remember seeing that, and that was one where I thought, am I allowed to be seeing this right now? I didn't know. Yeah, I'm 100% certain I was censored from that one for many yeah. years. I watched yeah. it later. <laughs> yes, right. I, know, I know for a fact, because my parents went on and on about how great it was, and none of us were allowed to watch it. So. That's right. When did Dirty Dancing dirty? come out in relation to Greece? Uh, dirty before dirty Dancing was in 87. Uh, Greece would have been 78. 70s, so it was, okay. yeah. Yeah. It was in the 70s. So quite a bit before it. Mm -hmm. um, Hunter, are we up to you or are we up to Garrett? We're up to me. I'm my right. number one. Got your number one here. And we're going to go to your two uh, uh, honorary mentions. But um, this one I would agree with you is absolutely one of the most iconic. But I'm going to try and This is forward. my Star Wars. This, is, this yeah. is my Star Wars. Garrett, you can probably guess I'm going to guess in my mind what I think it is. 
Uh, I had it. Here it comes. I'm going to bring it up a little bit because we've got some drums. Hang on. I did not process that this was my equivalent of Star Wars, which is so funny. <laughs> but I definitely look back on that and I'm like, holy moly, that is like, I just lived through a Star Wars. Like, and I think you'll released. tell your kids I saw oh, Endgame in theaters. I absolutely. really do think you will say so that. So this was scored by Alan Silvestri. Um, he scored, I want to say like 17 of the 21 movies that, that they did with before Endgame, obviously. And Force Um Did he? I did not know that. Yep. Um, and so he they did an interview with him and he he said one of the cool things about getting to score in game was that because the movie was so long because the russo brothers were so intent on let's make this a big just massive fan service to all the fans who have stuck around for 21 movies he had like time to make a soundtrack that that could breathe in like those really small moments of the movie um so like whenever cap sees peggy whenever they go back in time or whenever Tony gives Cap his shield back, whenever they're you know getting ready to go into the time heist, um, which when you watch that movie, you notice that stuff even more. You know, seeing and hearing him they say they call those light motifs. I think I did not know that. Uh, which are short musical phrases associated with a particular person, place, or idea, and they're and they're the best. I think the best movies have many of them. Yes, I, I wholeheartedly, and it's funny, I went and rewatched, so that that clip especially is most notably from the portal scene when <clears throat> Cap is right. looking at the army and it's just him, and, and it's actually completely silent. I went and watched this movie, is completely silent, and then you hear Falcon say, on your left, on and your all left. of a sudden you hear two drum beats when the portals open, and it's Black Panther and Okoye. And, You're getting and goosebumps, aren't you? I got goosebumps <laughs> when I watched it. And I was like, this Everyone is, did. It's so unbelievable how a score that doesn't have any words, it's, it's just notes, can literally, I remember exactly where I was. And I remember like, oh my gosh, in the theater as soon as those drum beats played and I saw that portal opening up behind him. It was almost um, everything I could have ever wanted from a movie oh, exactly. in that and moment. It, and the everything. music was definitely a big part of that. Everything. He, like, you know, when, when, when Cap picks up the hammer for the first time, which we've been waiting for for 21 movies. Well, when, see, when I finally... still get goosebumps when I see that oh, on a goodness. clip. Oh, when he goodness. picks that up and, and, and Thor, I knew it, you know. And, uh, yeah. So really it's been misnamed it should be an underscore because it's really underscoring the emotion and the mm -hmm. moment and it just adds that much more power to whatever it is you're watching right that yes. portal scene would have been 30 times less great if there was yes. not that music behind it yeah. absolutely um the the avengers music now is i is as iconic as star wars oh i would i would argue it is yes i would argue because you, you know that where that is that's right you know exactly. I don't what think that's it from. quite meets that level, but I'm very biased in this argument. So. Well, I am too. I mean, Star Wars <laughs> is one of my 
all-time favorites, but I, I think the music, when you hear that, I, I think it's going to go down in cinema history. Like oh, I, th I think so, for sure. I, I just that's happen Avengers. to think that the Star Wars theme might be the most recognized piece of music uh, no on disagreement. planet Earth. No, no disagreement there. No disagreement but there. But it's, it's got 20 years on this one, so that's give this true. one 20 yeah. years and that's see where it's true. at. You yeah. know, that's, the, that's the difference, really. Not so much the quality, but the longevity of it. That's super true. Garrett, are we up to your because the one you picked about made me cry when i, I still have it. two left okay yeah uh, here it is here okay the, uh, the one that i let this you one. pick yep yep okay hang on um because so, i think we have a mutual love affair with this as well as everyone should and i'm sure lisa does as well yes yes what are you absolutely. implying i didn't hear my what, name was this on my no list it didn't <laughs> this was not lisa. this was not no lisa. it didn't it i love that <laughs> all right now, I'm going to play two here, okay? Okay. Because the first one may not grasp. Is concerning one of them? Yes, it is. It's the okay. first one. So I'm going to kick this in. Ah, yes. Oh, gosh. It's just... It's, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It is so good. Yes. That's the only thing you can say. It's so good. Another one of those, Lisa. This is exactly to your point about yeah. how 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 uh, I mean how uh, Williams had tapped into Rowling and like it yeah. was like you when you're reading the books. Yes. At your head. This is ex I, I read these books when I was ten years old, nine I'm years old. the camera, but there's my camera. I'm looking at you here, but Lisa, the Hobbit, the Lord of yeah. the Rings, right? I yes. mean, that's what we grew up with. Yeah. Oh, I remember you reading them on the school bus, and I was like, "What are you reading?" <laughs> <laughs> I still have the original. I still and have the one I, that I read. I didn't read them until many, many years later. I think, I think, really until the movies came out. And I, I really yeah. want to rinse my cardinal rule, as you said before, Garrett. You read the book and then you watch the movie. I watched the first Lord of the Rings Fellowship, and I went and bought the book, read the first you. one, and yes. then read the other two. Like so, and, and I was so engrossed in it that yeah. my ex-husband was like mad at me because I. <laughs> All I did was read these books, and he yes. he got like mad. He's like, "Hello, I'm here," you know. Kind I'm of thing. sorry, I'm in Middle Earth. You're like, yeah. you're like <laughs> go away. I'm in Isengard right now. <laughs> but I do remember Joey reading The Hobbit on the school bus. You know, I did not read it back then, but I, I was full fangirl on that when I when I saw the first movie. And it, um, the it Hobbit, a, uh, yeah. Howard Shore composed, orchestrated, yes. conducted, and produced all of the music for all of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, it was performed by the London Philharmonic Orchestra. He drew inspiration for sounds and scenes from actually visiting the New Zealand set after it was constructed. And then he again visited while they were doing principal photography and filmmaking. Uh, he created between 85 to 110 leitmotifs, like we were talking about earlier, which are those short musical phrases. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's the largest leitmotif catalog in cinematic history, surpassing wow. the Star Wars franchise. Uh, wow. Specifically, he created themes for every culture. Um, he created themes for each member of the fellowship. He wrote seven minutes of music per day for this project while he was oh, working real. on it. Uh, it won the Academy Award for Best Score for Fellowship of the Ring and for Return of the King. Golly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's a masterpiece. It's an outright masterpiece. I have all extended versions of all three movies and DVD, and I can't tell you how many times I've watched them. I watched it again recently. I was like, just it's it's time. It's like I, it's been too long. I have to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, it's just I, how I feel it the same. is. And they don't get old. They, they really don't. don't. They really don't. 
it's it's so it's not perfect to the books. Nothing can be, particularly no, when it's a no. movie. Right. But it but is Peter Jackson so, did he tried so hard. He captured the essence. I mean yes. he really captured the essence. And I think that's in the characters more than the I mean the story, the essence of the story is there. There were some details of course left out, but the essence of the the journey and the characters and and the but relationships is all there. Can we all agree that the movie would not have been near i mean anything without that score of 100%. course absolutely 100 percent, 100 hunter right. yeah have you seen lord of the rings um we took a senior trip to gatlinburg in my senior year of high school and we watched it and i wanted to hang myself after i watched it and i know you all are going to hate me for that but i will never watch another one i could not bear it lisa this is what we put up with every, every, Sunday, Sunday, every Sunday for the last three years of my life. It will, is three hours of my senior trip that I will never get back. And what do you say I'll, to that? What, what there is are the no words. There are no words. The poor child is what I have to say. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say this. I took my daughter to see Fellowship, again, not knowing, thinking it's like a fun, there's fairies. There's like elves in this movie. Let's go see it. She's six years old watching orcs <laughs> and crying in the movie theater, you know, and she's I'm like hiding under her jacket. Okay, I'll tell like, you when it's over. Right. And, and she mommy much. doesn't want to leave the movie theater. That's right. No, absolutely not. No. And, and absolutely not. That's amazing. In spite of that, she is a massive, huge fan. She'll watch it with me anytime we want to turn it on. She's, you know, cause of course she was older when the, the other two came out and could handle it then. And she's a huge fan now. Um, but yeah, as she moment, should be not, and... not my shining, most um, memorable mommy, best moment. <laughs> But she's a fan totally now. Huge fan now. So Hunter, I, I again, no words, no words. And trust me, it's not for a lack of try. My dad is obsessed with Lord of the Rings. He's obsessed <laughs> with Star Wars. He's obsessed with Indiana Jones, and he, he just has never been able to get me. Well, but... we may end up returning to that at some point soon. But <laughs> all right, my next one. Uh, I, I, no words. I'm just gonna play it. Is this your number one? No, two. Okay. Oh yes. Yes, again. And the composer, John Williams. It's got to be John Williams, yes. Yeah. Thanks, John, with his symbols. And, yes. I just, I want to go out and run 10 miles right now. And do push-ups. This is Superman, the original. Christopher Reeves. Christopher Reeves. And you know what I liked? I liked, didn't Chris Nolan, I'm going to bring that down, didn't Chris Nolan incorporate a little bit of that when he remade Man of Steel? I don't know. I thought that I don't he, know anything about DC anything, so I will refrain. <laughs> yes, Garrett does not like DC. He's strictly Marvel. So, Hunter, have you seen Superman? I'm trying to think if I've seen the original. I don't know if I've seen the original or not. I know I've definitely seen like the newer ones, like Man of Steel and stuff. I don't remember if I've seen the original actually. I think that's. I don't think I have because I believe that is on my action list. I'm pretty sure that they have put it on the action list that I have to watch once I we think finish. Time, I think we were talking about the original. Yeah, yeah Christopher Reeve. Yeah, yeah. It still that's holds. Exactly right. I think it still holds today. The original one. I th yeah. I, I think it does with Zombie. Gene Hackman, right? Gene Hackman yes. as yeah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 Lex for Lever. sure. Yeah, that's what we wanted him to watch. Yeah. Definitely. I, I don't have much more to say than that. That theme for that song has just been iconic for me for you know decades. I love it. 
Absolutely love yes. it. And, and again, it's it's like the other John Williams, you know, big sound and recognize, but recognizably not yes. Star Wars, not Indiana Jones, not you know these these other ones. It's clearly Superman. Yep. I will say this once, and I will only say it once, and I'm never going to acknowledge it again. Uh, Captain America is, I think, the the, the greatest American superhero. <laughs> but Superman is America's superhero. That's well and put. that music um, Sup- really does a good job of capturing his his persona, who he is. Well, you you said something very uh, important there, and I think that's maybe why it resonates so much with me. Superman has always been my favorite superhero. Mm-hmm. And take DC and Marvel out. I've just always loved Superman because we can have this debate all day long if you want. Bring it on. It, because do you think though that's because of this movie at that era, that time of your life? Is that where where Superman? I mean, you were more of a comic book reader than I was, so maybe that was an impact. But you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I, I think just yes, the movie brought the comic to life for me, and I loved. <clears throat> here's what I loved is the way Christopher Reeve portrayed Clark Kent. He was a big goof. He was a big nerd, wore uh-huh. the glasses, and fought for, uh, you know, the underdog and never, never wanted the recognition. He was just a humble yeah. superhero. Yeah. And I just, I, I love the character. I think it, it was great. Lisa, we are back to you. Unfortunately, I blew your number one with Top Gun. You did. You but did. We, but we have, we have the runner we, up. We have, a, we have a soundtrack in there. Still another, again, another one with big, lots of songs and uh, predominantly, I feel like, uh, well, I'll let you play it and then we'll, we'll talk about music itself. It's such a classic movie. <laughs> and I'm going to guess Hunter probably doesn't know this one. I don't know if he's seen this or not. I don't think bring... that I have, but it, it reminds me very much of Pink Panther. Oh, it's way, way different. It had to be you. This is, go ahead, Lisa, I'll let you introduce it. Well, it as I was to started you. to say, is uh, this is from Harry Met Sally, which I feel like was also, the, this soundtrack was when Harry Connick really blew up. You know, this yes. and he was, he's so amazing. And, you know, these are a lot of very classic uh, tunes, you know, that big mm-hmm. band feel, but the crooners, I, classic oh crooners man, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like he brought that back to us at that time where it, 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 it was kind of like almost forgotten. Music. Yeah. 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 It was like the parents music. It wasn't cool. And man, he brought yes. it back yeah. and brought a love for all of those songs. You know, there's, it's a great soundtrack. And this was one of those that I went right out and bought. Like immediately. is, is when Harry met Sally, the beginning of, of the Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, this was Billy Crystal. This was Billy uh, Crystal, I'm 1989. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're so right. I was trying to. But think I do that. think it was like a breakout for her. One of her her big. Yeah. I think this was her big hit. That that from that point on is when you started to see like maybe Sleepless in Seattle was the next one, and that okay, was so the, that maybe the kick off. You've of got male okay. marriage. Yeah. Brought in that yeah. whole genre, but Harry, when Harry met Sally, uh, again one of the movies that stands the test of time. It, it still is phenomenal. The the the, the story, the characters, and hilarious, absolutely. It's, I mean, just so and so perfectly um, 
the, the characters are just so great. I mean, Billy Crystal, you know, and, and, and then of course you have, um, you know, Princess Leia making a, a reappearance, you know, and she was so, <laughs> so um, different in this, in her role. But I mean, just the chemistry of the characters and the writing and, you know, the classic scene in the cafe and, um, oh my. <laughs> I mean, just so, so funny, but with this great music and then, you know, New York, you think of fall, you, you see the cover to the album. I can still see it with all the falling leaves and, and, and Sally looking at Harry with that, that classic Meg Ryan, you know, perplexed look. And it, it's just a great, great movie, great soundtrack, I, I, it, but also very, very different from your typical 80s. You know, it yes. wasn't, yes. you know, that this one and Dirty Dancing both are kind of bringing back older music that, um, Maybe Harry Met Sally is all, you know, not original, but um, Dirty Dancing did have some original music on it with a blend well, what, of older. Harry Connick Jr. brought a lot of those old, um, yeah. uh, what, um, what's his name? Classic big band and jazz, uh, Louis Armstrong. Um, yes. Yes. The Louis Armstrong. I'm thinking of the Blue Eyes guy. Um, oh, Sinatra. Frank, Sinatra, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Yeah. You know, that, that sound. And he made it yeah. popular again with this film. Yeah. Yes. Good choice. Mm-hmm. Garrett, this one about made me cry when I when I listened to it. Man, I, I don't know what uh, play it. Like, I'll, I'll tell you words. I, I'm not kidding. It, it, I I okay. I'm just gonna play it. I'm gonna bring this the, the time index. What is, in my view, the most beautiful music ever written by human beings? And I'm not joking at all. I think that is James Horner composed, uh, is performed by the London Symphony Orchestra. It is as the, I think it's I think but it it's transcends music. It's oh, it's Braveheart. I'm sorry. That's what I thought that was going to be my yeah. guess. Was Braveheart? Yeah. yeah. I think the whole soundtrack, beginning to end, is the most beautiful soundtrack ever written. But that song in particular, along with uh, uh, Mural's Funeral, um, there's a couple of other ones that are just it it it's so yeah. beautiful. It is like it. You can't even. I don't know how to put it into words. How beautiful I think it is. It is without a doubt my my favorite ever. That's the song that you picked. I couldn't remember if the, the, the battle or was that when he screamed out freedom as he was being executed. But either way, yeah, that was a, that, that is the battle scene, but it's actually the same music for yeah. the freedom. It's it's and that's the beautiful part of it is the James Horner introduced these uh the these little notes that kind of start repeating more often and then they turn in they all weave together at the end and so the last like. 15 minutes or so is yeah. a, a tapestry of, of all the songs you've heard so far all weaving together to make one song. Yeah. And it's all, you know, Scottish inspired, uh, uh, you know, just, oh, it's just gorgeous well, music. James Horner, James Horner is one of the other iconic composers. Um, we're talking uh, tragically a passed Avatar, away. Avatar. Um, 2013. Yes. Titanic. Yeah. He did Airplane. Legends of the Fall, Airplane, Fresh. Braveheart, Avatar. So, yeah. I mean, just, 
iconic films. Yeah, yeah. the uh, he he was sixty one years old when he died, uh, and and you're you're right. You look at the list of films he did, and you're like, did he ever do anything wrong? Yeah, it's every single one of his movies are you immediately know the sound, and you would and never change they're it. They're perfect. No, not yeah. a thing, not a thing. But Braveheart, I think, is his best. Yeah, good choice. Me. Good choice. Nineteen ninety five for that one. Did All not right. win a single award. The no music way. didn't. Really? Not a joke. That the year Braveheart came out, I can't even remember what ninety seven something like that. It did not win a single award. It lost yes. to Chariots of Fire, I think, or not Chariots of Fire. It lost yes. to uh, I can't even remember what year it was, but it lost to some other big movie um, on every single award, which I think is was that uh, Philadelphia. I don't it know. Might have been. I need might to... have been. All right, Hunter, we're up to your last one here. I'm going to do the. Uh, the one that called it's called stay i'm just going to start it and let you talk about it okay oh this is such a good movie this is it's the best one i'm glad you picked movie. this one and again one of the iconic composers let's play a minute i remember when i saw this movie this is the ending credit song and as soon as the credits rolled, I just sat there with my friends and listened to this for like three minutes. Because <laughs> I was A, trying to take in what I just watched, but B, this music, like I could fall asleep. Go ahead. Tell it us what the movie so, is. It's, 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 this is Interstellar. Um, such a great movie. I remember I, I, when we came out of the theater, it was snowing. So I had that song playing in my head as there, as there was snow falling. And I was it's like, a beautiful song to accompany yeah. a winter yes, wonderland. The romantic, uh -huh. like the nicest thing I've ever been to is walking outside of the snow after just hearing <laughs> that song for the last five minutes. It was wonderful. Um, but in, in my other honorable mention was Inception. Inception has a very similar feel to the Interstellar soundtrack. Yes. It's that kind of like sci-fi, whimsical, like otherworldly score which i, I love well, again, so much same same composer hans zimmer yeah. for oh that's right yes that yeah. he also did uh, gladiator as well so mm. which is on my list as well um i remember with um interstellar i went to i went with my dad to see that he called me up on a saturday he said uh you know hey there's this new movie have you heard of it i'm like yeah i've heard of it let's go see it and i remember walking out of there with the same type of of uh emotion it was just a, a movie about humanity and and the, the it uh, felt otherworldly i don't know how it's very i don't know how to well, describe it, it. it's very it, bizarre like it, it just you left the theater and you were like very where surreal. the heck am i still on earth like where the yeah. heck am i it was such a totally one of those agree. movies and one of those scores that just oh it, tra it completely you. transports you yeah well my some last those, pick some of those moments between the daughter and and him oh. And, oh they just they just ripped the heart right out of you and uh yeah. and, and yeah. then the music absolutely played on that 100 percent. lisa you've seen it you did you like it? I think you're you're muted. Sorry, no worries. No <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> All right, guys, for my last one to wrap up the show tonight, um, I'm just gonna play it. There it is. <laughs> there it is. And again, it must be something with me and this composer, John Williams, once more with Steven Spielberg, Indiana Jones. I can't believe that Star Wars has not made your list, Joey. I've been waiting here for the last 
hour and a half, and I still haven't heard Star Wars. What in the world is with you? What? Star Wars is always going to be there. It's always going to be on my list because it's... I was going to do the Luke and Leia theme yeah. if I was going to bring Star Wars in, but I thought I, I have to give this one the homage because it, it was just... I mean, it's Indiana Jones. Yes, they both yeah. would have to be in there. Absolutely. Spielberg got a, a sample, I think, from John Williams of three songs, um, including the, the Raiders March, I think, is one of them. And he, and, and he said, you just changed the way I look at this movie, the whole movie. Yeah. And he, compo- he like redid parts of the script because of the way this, this sounded. And he used the music, the three samples he gave him, he used those three samples in all the movies up until Crystal Skull. And then he, I don't, Crystal I, I Skull never doesn't heard of that count. movie. I, it no, I was going to say, I don't know what movie, movie you're talking about. Um, Crystal yeah. Skull is, it, it yeah. doesn't exist. Lisa, <laughs> we, we are of the mindset that there are only three Indiana Jones movies. I, I would support that notion, yes. I need I to watch the fourth because I have a feeling that the fourth would end up being my favorite based on would. my track record. You're never it's allowed on my show again if it is. Totally, I'm sorry, but that, so you know, right. I hear that score and I just remember Indy running out of that tomb with the whip, you know, and that's like the classic, oh, yes. like every time you hear that, that dun dun dun, dun that's, that's it. Yeah. Indy with the whip and the dirty jacket yeah. and he's running out of a, some tomb or another, you know, that's... Yeah. Instantly, that's Childhood what you, hero. you, you see. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Um, I would encourage each of you, if you haven't watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, if you haven't watched it in a long time, watch it. It's just yeah. so good. It, it's it so totally good. Wow, that's Harrison up. Ford, too. I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so, so many my, things to like say that are so says, great. Do you want to watch yeah. Raiders? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, guys, um, with that, Joey, uh, yeah. can I yeah, yeah. can I intervene one thing? Absolutely. You know the 1995 movie that Braveheart lost all of those awards to. Was I wrong? No, no, I, no, it was The Lion King. No way. You want to talk about a movie with a great soundtrack? Wow. It might take it. I we didn't, we didn't mention King, a lot of I, Disney movies and stuff, but man, The Lion King has an amazing soundtrack. It does. It does. And it definitely it does. deserved a lot of awards. I mean, Akuma, know, Akuna Matata. Right? <laughs> My kids love that one. Um, uh, that's a whole other podcast that we can do is uh, on... on um, Just Disney soundtracks. Disney mostly. soundtracks. Just yeah. uh, animated movie soundtracks, which are like in a league of their own almost because yeah. everything's True. wrapped around them. But anyway, just, sorry, didn't mean to derail. Nope, all good. Guys, I'm going to bring the uh, there you go. podcast to a close with my – and Lisa, I think you had this on your list as well. I did. Stand yeah, By absolutely. Me, one of the greatest soundtracks, greatest movies, and a book by Stephen King, Hunter, called The Body. If you haven't read it, read when it. The night my name is Joey Police. Thank you, Hunter. Thank you, Garrett. Lisa, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Guys, this is the Topic of Choice podcast. Please go to iTunes, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and review. And we will see you next time. Thanks. Just as long as you stand.